freedom. It's 8.35 and you know what the time is. He's on the couch with a cup of coffee. All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. So, Nico, we've decided that uh, you should become a micro, micro mini influencer. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all I need is social media and then I can influence away. And unfortunately, I don't care about social media, so we have a conundrum. Well, what do you mean you don't care about social media? Are you just saying that you will never, ever, ever go on to... Um, yeah, WhatsApp is, I actually don't care for it. I personally um, really doesn't interest me. So I'm on WhatsApp and that's it. <laughs> uh, and that's just, my, I don't think my life is worse off for it. I'm quite yeah. happy. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to... So there's, there's the challenge. I'm going to be a mini-influencer without any social media. <laughs> social, social impact whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, there we go. That's what we uh, have to say. We so lo- I, love about you, Nico, because you're honest to the point of honesty. <laughs> so, so sorry for killing that dream about me being a social <laughs> influencer. <laughs> Not going to happen. Before we go into um, our questions... Well, actually, before we go into your conversation about a car that you've been thinking about, is yeah. um, we've got a couple of questions for you. The first one is, hi, Mish. This comes from Jack in Durban. Jack wants mm-hmm. to know, ask Nico what's the difference between a VW Golf, a Polo, and a GTI. Oh, the difference between them. Well, oh. uh, they, they, they're in different segments. So the, the, if you look at the Polo, then the Golf, then GTI, so the... The, the Polo is, is the entry-level um, vehicle for Volkswagen, so it sits in a, in, in an, uh, well, actually not the Vivo now is the entry-level, but the Polo sits in a sort of a, still, let's call it entry-level into the, the car market. Uh, the Golf is the next, is a higher level, so it's a, um, um, sort of, a, it's a bigger car, it has more powerful engines, um, it has better specification, uh, normally standard specification, um, the ride would be more comfortable, but it will cost you more. And then the GTI is the, the, the top end of the golf market. So if you look at the, the golf, the GTI is not actually not the top again, sorry, the middle, but an extremely popular car in South Africa. The golf R is still the, the highest in the, if you take the golf market, then the GTI is sort of the performance car and the, the golf R is the halo car. But the GTI in South Africa, we one of the world's biggest GTI sellers. Really? Uh, I think something like, yeah, something like second to Germany or third or something. It's, it's quite ridiculous how popular, if you look at the amount of GTI sold worldwide, we one of the, uh, the, the most GTIs in the world. So GTI in South Africa has got a, a cult status that people follow. An interesting fact about these three cars is that they're actually all based on the same platform. So, you know, like, a, like a, people all look different, but the skeletons are all the same and you, you just basically have variations of the skeletons. Um, underneath the cars, the skeletons are the same. It's a platform called MQB. So um, the platform is the same. It's just varied in the car. So for the Golf, it's wider. It's a little bit longer. Um, of course, it feels a little bit bigger. But the platform underneath or the skeleton for those cars is actually the same. So, I, I, you know, I want to just take this conversation a little bit further because mm-hmm. Jack probably knows a lot more than me. But here you go. You could get yourself a Polo, and I imagine you could get yourself a 1.8 or 2-litre Polo. Why would you get a 2-litre Polo and not a GTI? Well, okay, so this one actually doesn't work like that. Of course, they're very clever as well in the way the cars are positioned. So, you know, you don't get 2 litres and 1.8 anymore. It's now 1 litres and 1.4. So they're not turbocharged engines, but you can actually get a similar engine in the Polo 
and in the Golf, which is a 1 litre or 1.4, the, the, the GTI being a 2 litre turbocharged, uh, the Golf R also being turbocharged, 2 litre, but the performance or the, the kilowatt outputs are different. But, but you know, the GTI, as I said, yeah, young people as well uh, in certain areas, they aspire to um, having a, a, a polo with a sunroof. I read this uh, article or spoke to actually some dealers, just what, you know, in certain areas, that's quite a popular car. If you look at the polo as well, it's one of the most popular cars in South Africa. Uh, and then again, quite an expensive car, but it's a halo car um, for the Volkswagen brand. People just love GTIs. Um, what does halo so, car mean? Halo cars is a car that people want to aspire to. You know, you buy a Polo uh, because you want to one day own a GTI. Or it's, you see it as a mini GTI or it belongs to the same brand. You know, so sometimes people have a poster of a GTI on the wall and they drive a, a Polo because they sort of, you know, that, they aspire to that car. So the, definitely the GTI, as I said, is a, is a, is a very, very popular car for, for Volkswagen South Africa. Um, and we're one of the world's biggest sellers in that. And I must say as well, um, I had a Golf 2 GTI, which I just loved. And then, oh, that's back in the 1990s. Um, the Golf 5 GTI that got stolen that I just loved as well. Oh, uh, you see, you see. So the GTI, you know, it's like six, it's still 670,000 rands. It's yeah. not a cheap car, um, but 180 kilowatts and 370 newtons. It's actually quite a fast car. Um, so it handles well, good specification. Um, so, no, no, GTIs are flying off the showroom floor. By the way, interestingly, <laughs> talking about that, I just recently read an article, and you just get the article um, in my notes, um, that the Volkswagen Polo, the Toyota Hilux, and the Toyota Quantum are the cars that are involved in the most um, uh, sort of, uh, fatal um, road accidents in South Africa. What? Um, yeah, so the most road fatalities are in Polo, Hilux, and Quantum, but you, if you if you then take into consideration, those are the most popular cars as well. Quantum, of course, for taxis, the Hilux, very popular, and lots of Polos. So wow. I wouldn't say that the cars are unsafe, but they're the most popular. And then also what happens sometimes is younger people, a lot of them are buying Polos, so you have less experience. Maybe when you're younger, you're braver and take more chances. But those three cars have the most fatalities on the roads. doesn't mean the cars are unsafe. I think it has to do with the amount of, of cars on the road. Okay, so we've got a question here from Wendy in Cape Town. And Wendy is asking, um, she says, for Nico, my friend was driving her Hyundai Gets when the central locking device kicked in. She could not steer or brake as the car careered on. When she hit a pavement, the airbag deployed and she couldn't see and she came to a halt when the car crashed through a vibrocrete wall into someone's backyard. This sounds like a movie. Miraculously, no one was hurt. She subsequently learned that there was um, a locking fault with her car. And what could be done in such a situation? So say again, but the steering lock. She says um, the central locking device. Now, central locking is the thing that locks your car doors. Okay, so uh, it would actually be the steering lock. Cause she I says don't know what. I mean, she couldn't steer or brake. Oh, that's really weird. I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know. I've never heard in my life of something like that happen. So central locking is what locks all the doors. So when you lock the driver's door, all the doors lock. Yeah. The steering can lock, um, but normally um, you, you have to do it with the key. So in other words, um, uh, some, a car that has a key, you've got to really switch it off, pull it out, and then when you turn the steering wheel, it locks in place as a safety device. Some of the newer cars, when the ignition off, it locks in place because a lot of the new cars don't actually have a key. Uh, but in my, I've never in my life heard of the steering locking. Let's say the steering does lock. There's no reason why the brakes don't work. That's, the brakes work all the time. 
um, the brakes when you are driving, you have assistance. So um, um, uh, if you're driving, then the car's helping you so the brake pedal doesn't you know, um, uh, feel as hard. But if the ignition is off, if you brake, you must just press the brake harder. The car's still going to stop. So I don't know. It sounds a bit odd, if I'm honest. So, so if, it could if, happen. If, For example, if the car just lets, I mean, let's, let's play out this story slightly. If you were driving and just yeah. per chance somehow your steering locked, okay, now the you just have to hit the brakes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. If you can't steer, then you need to slow this thing down very quickly. Um, also, uh, you know, the situation is so difficult. If there's another car right behind you, you're on the highway, and you hit the brakes as hard as you can, you're going to create a pileup. But, yeah. you know, if, if you can't, so I, what I would say, of course, it depends on the situation you've got to assess at that moment. But as soon as you, the steering has locked, just, you've got to slow the car down. If the car's still running, you're going to have assistance on the brakes, so the brake people wouldn't be, you know, you could normally brake it. If the, even if the ignition is off, you can still brake the car. You're just going to put more energy into the brake pedal to slow it down. But, you know, if you can't steer it, it's quite dangerous. Um, and probably, hopefully it happens in a straight line and not around the corner. But, you know, using the brakes. Um, so as I said, it sounds a bit weird. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't know the situation. But I've never in my life heard where there's no – the brakes don't go away, as I said. So um, I don't know. Sometimes you get a bit of a fright and, and you know, you, you felt afterwards that the car didn't have brakes, but maybe the assistance was gone. I, I don't know. So someone has noted uh, fuel injection versus carburetor on golf is what's the best. And then, Ooh, no. yeah. then so we'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But specifically with regards to this story, they're saying a car can lock the steering if the engine is off. So she had a fuel yes. choke, a fuel choke, and the car switched off, locking oh, okay. the steering okay. while so lock the driving. Steer, oh, so that's what happened. Yeah, so yeah, that's dangerous. I mean, if, if the car does stall somehow and you lock the steering, that's dangerous. You need to slow it down. So um, probably that's why it felt like there was no brakes because the assistance was gone on the brake pedal. So the brakes are there. You just had to press much harder on the brake. Um, it's like power steering as well. When the car's off, the power steering's gone. So it feels heavy to steer the car. So the brakes are there. You must just, you know, you need to put more effort into the into the brake pedal. It, it sounds like a very dangerous situation. I'm sorry that that happened. Um, I, I suppose the question about carburetors. That's like 19, up to 1990s technology. No car has a carburetor anymore. So all okay. cars have at least fuel injection. Some of them have direct injection. So carburetor was just a way that we mix the fuel and air because in a car you have fuel and air and you're going to mix them in what we call the stoichiometric ratio, which is 14.7 to 1. Um, and to get that mixture exactly right, we use fuel injection or even direct injection. The carburetor was a... Was a was a not so accurate, an older way of doing it. So no cars really have carburetors anymore. Okay, so no carburetors. We now just have fuel injection. I mean, yes. I must say the story of, of of your fuel choking and then the car switching off the locking, and locking the steering is is pretty damn scary. And, and yeah, I, but it, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard of that happening. Off. I've not. It's the first time I've heard of that. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened. You know, if I haven't heard of it, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yeah. But. Um, you know, it's something that's unlikely to happen that the car will just even and even you know if the ignition if the car switches off because there's a lock position. So even if the engine switches off and you are able still able to steer, but your power steering is gone, so you need some more effort to turn the wheel. But if the car's moving, you can still do it. So you have to actually literally switch off the ignition all the way to what was previously a lock position with a key. And I think that car the gate um, had a key. So if, if you're in the on position and the car stalls, you can still, you know, turn the wheel. It's just harder. So I don't know what happened, but I'm sorry yeah. that happened.
I'm glad you're so, okay then. Okay, so here's a question for you. Um, and if you have got questions for Nico, our petrol head, then you are welcome to SMS us on 41391. Um, you can also WhatsApp us on 0614104107 or um, follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFMJSB or at Mish Constant. And you're welcome to send us your questions as we move through. So someone is just saying, um, morning, Michelle and Nico, the petrol head. Actually, I think the image here is Nico, the coffee head, but that's just. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. uh, You've got Nico with a coffee emoji. So the question is, the Ford Focus EcoBoost, check the engine light flash while the key is on the on position without starting the engine. What does this mean? The car has just got a PCM update or upgrade. So why is the engine light flashing while the key is on in the on position? I hope I'm clarifying that for our listeners. Okay, so um, owner's manual is where I would start. I would have a look at what exactly is the light. So make sure it's the engine light and just the owner's manual only tells you if that light flashes, that's the issue. It had a, what, a PCM upgrade. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. let's just go. Yeah, it's the ah. car has just, the Ford Focus EcoBoost has just had a PCM update slash upgrade. Okay, I don't know. I would take it back to where you had your PCM uh, upgrade slash installation and let them have a look at it again because it could be just a fault that the car is driving and the light isn't on. So a lot of cars, when you turn the ignition, the lights go on and then yeah. they'll go off. Um, yeah. If the light stays on, it's an issue. If it goes on and off, no worries. But if it goes on and, and then uh, stays on, then there's an issue. If you've done something that isn't sort of, let's say you've upgraded, some people call about, talk about chipping the car. And what they do is they, they change the way the electronics work and then the light might go on uh, uh, because of that. So if it's done by uh, a Ford dealer, then there shouldn't be an issue. You take it yeah. back and say, listen, have a look at this. If somebody else has done it, then you, you need to go back as well if the light stays on. Okay, so that question comes from Azi. Azi, I hope uh, that answers your thing. Take your car back to the mechanic. Yeah, take it back sure. and let them have a look at it. Yeah. Listen, what is a PCM update or upgrade? I don't know. Uh, PCM, um, I don't know. It sounds like a computer chip to me. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Because what happens is um, the cars have, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, Michelle. Okay. So, Azi, you uh, have sent the message. Um Please let, let us know what is a PCM update or upgrade, or if anyone else is listening. I said, sounds perhaps, like electronics or a chip. Yeah, perhaps you can uh, answer that one as well. Nico, before we go into our next questions, um, we've got a couple of voice notes here. I know that you've been looking at the Ineos Grenadier. Yeah. Um, so, um, what happened is Land Rover, of course, stopped making the Defender, um, uh, and a lot of Defender owners were extremely unhappy about this. And then there was a, 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 a person, uh, I get his name, I've lost it, um, Jim Ratcliffe. He wanted to buy all the presses because, you know, of the defenders. You know, when you make a car, you have a press and a workshop and machine tools and you make the cars. And he wanted to buy all that from Land Rover. And they just weren't interested because they didn't want to have more cars on the road that, you know, that were, again, just defenders. So they said no. And then he decided to make his own version. Um, or, and, and again, it's the Grenadier. Um, is not really a defender, but if you look at it, boy, oh boy, does it look like a defender. So what he's done is he then had his own design. Um, he subsequently had a big court case with Landover because of this. Yeah. Uh, because they say, hang on, this uh, the defender, he said, no, it's his own design. Um, 
and is now looking at introducing the car into the South African market. So when you look at it, especially on the outside, you know, it really does look like a Defender. A lot of the, the you know, the, the design cues are there. The car's wheelbase looks a little bit longer, um, but it really looks like a Defender. On the inside, it's, it's a slightly different. So the idea with, the, with this vehicle is for those that really want to have tough off-road conditions or want a vehicle or that can do tough off-roading um, and, and really still wants to, yeah, yeah. Go back to that serious off-roading that looks like something that um, is more bulk and aggressive. So they they they, they um, will be selling the car in South Africa at three dealerships: Joburg, Durban, Cape Town, and then some of the BMWs uh, dealerships will support this. So, so the Grenadier will have a BMW engine, either a three-liter uh, petrol, which is purely yeah. five kilowatts at 450 newtons, or a diesel 183 kilowatts, 550 newtons. Um, and then, of course, uh, so it's not really a Defender, even though it looks like a Defender. Um, in-house, especially on the inside, looks completely different. Um, there is a lot of lot of switches. You ever seen as many? I've never seen as many switches in my life inside of a car. The roof panel just looks like airplane switches. So it's an interesting vehicle um, that they're trying to market uh, inside Africa, as I said. Um, and they they've gone all out. So the cars, there are some cars in Africa that are available for people uh, or the press to see, but they're pre-production cars. So they're looking at introducing the car around about August. Um, trying to sell at least 100 in South Africa. Uh, the price is 1.4 million rand. So it's not a cheap car. And it'll be interesting to see how people react to this vehicle. Um, uh, and, you know, will the old Defender diehards uh, look consider a good idea? It's, as I said, a car that, you know, if you look at it initially, you think it's a Defender. And how will it do, seeing that there is, you know, being, some of the BMW dealerships will service the car, but, you know, there's not really focused dealer. So it's interesting to see what will happen to the Grenadier. Will it be popular in South Africa or will it not really go anywhere? Okay, so let's go back uh, to some of the things. Um, Automotive Service sends a message saying, maybe the listener meant PCM but not TCM, uh, which is a transmission, oh, not meant not PCM but rather TCM, which is a transmission control module. So Aziz Aziz sent us a WhatsApp message saying PCM, and maybe, in fact, uh, he meant a TCM, a transmission control module. Um, Ah, Also saying if the engine light turns on when the the engine is started or driving, there's nothing to worry about. If it's on while driving, it needs to be scanned. Uh, Anthony thought maybe... PCM meant power control module. Um, then someone says, morning, I'm driving the Ford Focus diesel. I got with my ref counter, but it only stops on three. I'm not sure what you mean by that. That's what you've written here. It only stops on three. Does the ref counter not only... St- I, I, what would I don't know if the ref counter is broken because, of course, uh, uh, the ref counter shows you the revolutions per minute um, yeah. of the engine. And um, that that diesel focus, by the way, is a nice nice car. Um, I, I, um, but if the you know the if, does the engine rev to three thousand or does it rev further? But the rev counter doesn't move past three thousand. Then just maybe there's an issue with the instrument cluster. And then it's difficult to say. You know, if the car doesn't rev past three thousand, there's a big issue. Yeah. Um, but it's a, if you keep on revving, but the rev counter stops there, then the instrument cluster is an issue. So yeah, just have it looked at. That would be unfortunately the best. Or fortunately, go in and have some, let somebody have a look at it. Okay, a message from one of our listeners. Okay. Hi, Nico and uh, Michelle. Um, just with reference to that story with the steering lock, um, 
I've had many, many cars over the years and I've never experienced anything like that. Um, surely even if the engine stalls or there's a blockage in the fuel supply and the engine stalls while you're on the move there, as long as the key is in the ignition there and it's turned on, uh, there's no ways that the steering will lock. Um, in this case, somehow the, the uh, key must have come out of the ignition there and then the steering locked up. But uh, maybe the person got confused as well that as to the power steering because uh, immediately if you lose power then immediately you're going to lose uh, your power steering and your brake boost so maybe they got confused with that thanks mike in pe maybe they got confused maybe they just got ter totally like panicked it would if it was me i would be totally panicked and then everything would start going pear-shaped what do you think yeah that, but that's i mean we're saying this, exactly the same thing you know there's, even if the engine stalls the ignition is still on there's no reason why it should lock that's why to me it's a, it's a weird thing but maybe something was broken in the the mechanism or there's a fault in the car but i've never heard of that yeah um yeah and some people you know when, when things happen like that it, it it can be quite confusing suddenly yeah. um and the over you know you're overwhelmed with information you emergency you panic um and then when you press the brake and it doesn't stop like you normally do because you don't have assistance it feels like the brakes are gone so yeah as i said it's very difficult to comment on something they've done exactly the situation because maybe it's possible but it is a bit weird yeah okay another question for you or uh yeah question morning to michelle and to the sfm listeners and to nico uh nico just like to find out uh, changing the tire size from uh, the standard size to the to a bigger size tire like from a 14 inch to 17 inch is it beneficial does it serve us uh, uh, does it make the car lighter on fuel and thank you yeah what do you think okay so so uh, if you want to change tires on, on a car let's say for 14 to 18 is quite a big jump but what you've always got to make sure is that the circumference is the same and um, that's why when you, when you buy a car uh, let's say you can get 15, 16, 17, and 18 inch tires on the vehicle. If you put those four tires next to each other, they're all the same height. So what happens is as the mag gets bigger, the profile gets smaller. So the circumference of the tire is always the same. So uh, as long as the circumference is the same, and of course it fits in because there's a few, um, you know, you need to make sure that the bolts are exactly the same, then the width of the tire and where the mag sits. So there's some things there um, that you've got to make sure of. Um, one thing that is going to affect your fuel consumption is actually the width of the tire, not the, not the circumference of the tire. Because a lot of the time what happens, let's say you go from a 15 to an 18, is that that 18-inch tire has a lower profile, but it can also be wider. And when it's wider, there's more resistance. So as you're then driving, the wider tire has more resistance. So it's actually going to, the car is going to become heavier on fuel because of the resistance of the wider tire. Hmm. So that's what you're going to consider when you're going to. So if you want fuel consumption, don't go to a bigger tire. Because a bigger tire probably is wider and will be more resistance on the road. If you can have exactly the same width, then maybe it's okay. Um, also, you know, you're going to sac sacrifice the right comfort. Um, but then people want the look. Some people want an 18-inch look sportier. So maybe you want a sportier look. So it does depend what you want. But if you want fuel consumption, a bigger tire might be more resistance and heavier. Okay, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, people are really interested with this story of the locking, and time is running out. Hugo says, my wife's Renault has an issue with the engine idle speed whilst driving. It comes to a stop, the engine will stall, and the steering locks. So I have experienced it, it um, uh, as well. 
Someone says, we drive cars close to empty and this happens. Using fuel from dirty so- sources can suddenly turn the e- engine or this off and then the steering locks. So there we go. Uh, Mr. Coffeehead, quick, you've got 30 <laughs> seconds to answer this question. <laughs> Coffeehead. Mr. Oh, Coffeehead. That's Ford, why I'm going to social media. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ford Ranger's headlights suddenly went off yesterday and they do not come on again. Park lights only. Can you give us an explanation? I don't know what lights you have. Um, if, if, they, if it's halogen lights, then the bulb's gone. And uh, even Zenon can have a Zenon bulb. If it's LEDs, I'm not sure. So just have it, you know, have it looked at. Um, it could be type of lights could be a bulb or otherwise a short. Okay. And then someone else says a uh, Hyundai. My colleague has a Hyundai that switches off all the time. Numerous mechanics uh, have tried with no success. Any idea what's the problem? It seems that this is a similar problem. I know it's something about the computer box. Maybe you need to do some research on that. I, no, I don't know. I know. Mechanics can't fix it. I'm not going to fix it over the air. So I unfortunately <laughs> don't. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.